Good morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPiella.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Haven't been with you for a little while, so glad to be back. Uh, probably going to do a series of shows this week as we go through the end of uh, until Friday. Obviously, a big recap of the NFL weekend. And I tell you, I was thinking about doing a show yesterday, and I just felt like with the two Monday night games that it would have been better to just wait until the entire week one was completed in the National Football League. And one of the things that stands out is the games that I bet on this week were all Sunday games. I decided to take a step back from the Monday night games, not because I had any issue with anything that I thought they happened. You had the Jets yesterday with an outstanding performance. You got the, you know, the Rams beating the Raiders. So the more I look at the Oakland Raiders, the more I really think that you're looking at a very uh, overrated team. You got a team that is not so hot, a team that is very much judged by their coach and their coach's past success. And the coach has been very good for a long time, but has also been removed for the game for 10 years. And I don't know if the game's passed him by. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Obviously not an impressive showing. You're going up against a good team in the Los Angeles Rams, who obviously many people are looking at the Rams and expecting them to compete for a Super Bowl this year. So there's no dispute about that. They're a legitimate team. So losing a game to the Los Angeles Rams is pretty similar to the New York Giants losing a game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you got a team that is expected to do big things this year, you're not going to overreact to a loss that you have against them. Obviously, a lot of strange things happening in, a, in this first week of football in the National Football League season. You got the seven-hour game between the Titans and the Dolphins. You got an opening week tie between the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And not only that, I mean, who would have put – what would have you got back if you put money on the Browns getting a tie before a win? That's something I do want to look up, and maybe I'll have that for a future show. The odds of the Browns getting a tie before they got their next win. Obviously a ridiculous week in the National Football League season. A 20-point lead by the Bears in the Sunday night game. And Aaron Rodgers leads them back. The ridiculous 88 88 points scored between the Bucs and the Saints. And not only that, but you know Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for 400 yards and the Bucs winning that game. And listen, I stayed away from that game. There wasn't a real reason to. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't scared to pick that game because if I picked that game, I obviously would have been wrong because I would have taken the Saints just like everybody else or just about everybody else that put a bet down on the, the Buck saints game. I just chose not to take it. the games that I did take. I took the Browns, who obviously because of the points end up, you know, winning me some money. The Panthers over the Cowboys which I don't think a lot of people were shocked that that happened. I think some people are looking at the Dallas Cowboys and saying this might not be a great season for them. This might be a down year for them. Now, obviously, Dallas Cowboys fans don't think that way. And, you know, the NFC is always going to be competitive. It's always going to be a fun fun division. Those games that are played within, Eagles-Giants, Redskins-Cowboys, obviously mix the four teams together. You're going to have... Some competitive football, some obviously some blood flow and some intensity. You know, and 
the, I tell you, looking at that Titans Dolphins game stands out to me just because of the ridiculousness and the, the two two plus hour weather delays that they have. And we we think of football, right? We think of football as the Ironman sport. We think about it as a sport where you know all conditions. You think you know 12 inches of snow in Foxborough on a December afternoon. And they're still playing. People sliding in the snow, playing on the ice. You know, the whole expression of ice the kicker actually came from a literal term talking about uh, a kicker kicking on ice. So the all-weather sport, all of a sudden, you know, not only in the Titans-Dolphins game, but you had the situation in Philadelphia. Lightning strike forces the delay of the Thursday night game about 10 minutes. Now, I understand, you know, we get the weather forecast, you know, before our eyes a lot sooner, and the weather is a little more accurate than it used to be. But have you ever seen a time in professional football where so many games were being delayed by weather? And like I said, I'm not disputing it. I don't think that, you listen, you want to make sure the fans are safe. You want to make sure the players are safe, especially when you're dealing in cases of lightning. But, you know, the National Football League was supposed to be the Ironman sport, the man's man sport, the sport where you compare to the mailman. The mailman comes, you know, regardless of rain, snow, sleet, anything. The mailman's going to be there. Same thing you feel about football, especially played at the professional level. You had a game in Miami, obviously, Worries about the hurricane, lightning, and stuff like that. Game being delayed for two-plus hours, twice. A 1 o'clock game ends up ending after the 425 game. But a couple of things that I was going to discuss last week, and I apologize for, for not getting to the mic uh, at any time last week. We did a show last Tuesday, so it's actually been a calendar week since the last time we've been on. Um, show number 357 today. Maybe we'll do another one later, but, you know, our goal is to try to do as many continuous shows as possible. So we'll definitely be on tomorrow, might even be on tonight. But one of the things that was kind of on my mind and obviously was out there in the mainstream media, and remember, I I say this all the time, I don't want to be a go-to show where you hear the same points of view that you hear on the radio or on TV if you're watching, let's say, the NFL Network because we're talking football today. You know, Le'Veon Bell holding out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people are polarized by that. A lot of people are reactive over the comments of some of the some of his fellow offensive linemen. And I think they got the right to be pissed off. You know, it does look like a selfish move by Le'Veon Bell. But at the same time, you're also talking about a guy who is not getting the respect that he deserves. He's also in a spot where he is risking his health and his future for a team that, and I'm going to say this, clearly clearly does not want him. Now, you could say, John, how could you say that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want Le'Veon Bell? Well, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could have addressed this situation a couple of years ago. They could have addressed it this offseason. They could address it today by simply signing Le'Veon Bell to an extension and just foregoing this BS. Now, 
if Bell still wants to hold out for more money, you know, if the Steelers sitting at a tad under $14 million a season are offering him a very good contract and he's continuing to be stubborn and asking for more and more and more, that's one thing. But the Steelers have had a chance in the past to lock Bell up. Now, the issue between Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers is the dispute over what Le'Veon Bell actually is as a player. We know he's ridiculously talented. We know he's probably one of the top two or three players in the entire sport. You want to extend it to five because he didn't play in week one of the 2018-2019 season. That's fine. But you're talking about one of the top players in the entire sport. But what is he? Is he a running back? He's probably a running back plus a half a wide receiver. He's a guy that caught 85 balls last year. Touched the ball over 400 times last season. Now, should he be paid like he's a one-plus? No, not necessarily. And I'm not going to go nuts over that, whether he thinks he should be paid, you know, the, the wage of a top running back and, you know, the wage of a half of a running back, of a wide receiver. I, I think that's a little bit too much. But I think he should be the highest paid running back in a National Football League. Now, should he be the highest paid player? Uh, I don't know. But I think he is just as valuable to his team or more valuable to his team than most quarterbacks, if not the majority of quarterbacks. So here's a guy that is not holding out for more money in the conventional set of terms. We're used to saying, hey, the player is greedy. He just wants to get paid more and more. No, Le'Veon Bell, if he steps foot on a National Football League field, anything could happen. You know, the, the knee could go out, you could have an injury, you could have a debilitating injury, you could be out for the season, your career could be over. But the littlest injuries, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be are going to basically be saying, screw you. So Le'Veon Bell playing is risking himself of getting hurt. Now you could say that it's a selfish move. The Pittsburgh Steelers are set up to try to win a Super Bowl this year. I think would have had a much better chance of winning their opening week game against the Cleveland Browns if Le'Veon Bell was in the lineup. James Conner did a good job, ran for over 100 yards. You know, it didn't look like the Steelers were missing Bell per se. But <clears throat> I think if Bell was in the lineup and healthy and at 100% at game speed, I think the Steelers had a much better chance of winning that game. So the debate is how selfish is Le'Veon Bell being perceived as. Now, you hear his teammates, you hear his fellow linemen, the guys that are putting their their you know bodies in line to protect him, not necessarily being so supportive. You got fans in Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh, national fans that are divided over you know, whether Le'Veon Bell is doing the right thing. Now, I think he's doing the right thing for himself. And, you know, hopefully at some point he decides that he's going to play because I do think that his ability to get that huge contract that he's looking to get this coming off season is going to be about him at least showing in a small sample size that he can play at a high level. And he's not showing he could play at the high level when he's sitting on the bench, not even practicing, not involving himself with his team. 
Now, if I'm going to be that team in the offseason, which obviously is looking like it's not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm bringing in a team first guy. And those are things that Le'Veon Bell is going to have to address. You know, the perception, whether it's his intentions or not, is making him seem like a not team first guy. You heard the comments of his offensive linemen, the fact that they are basically turning their back on him with the feeling that Bell turned his back on them. Now, that's something that that new team, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whether it's the, you know, I don't know what team's going to go out there and want to add Le'Veon Bell in the offseason. But that's one thing that's got to be addressed. you got to make sure that selfishness stigma, which is going to exist because of his holdout and the perception that his teammates have on him, you got to make sure that's squared away before he signs his next deal. Now, do I agree with Bell? I think from his perspective and what he's doing, I think it's okay. I don't think it's a terrible, you know, as bad as it looks. You know, you look at a player saying, hey, I'm not going to play. I'm going to forego my contract. I'm not going to sign my contract. I am going to sit and hold out. That looks bad for the player usually. But this is a guy who's in a spot where if he doesn't, if he just simply signs his terror, his tender, and decides that he's going to play, he's putting himself at risk of injury. And if he gets hurt, the Steelers and the rest of the National Football League are going to say, screw you. So he's got to do what's best for him, setting, hopefully, a, some future discussion with, between the owners and the Players Association and a collective bargaining agreement over this ridiculous franchise tag. Last thing I wanted to talk about, and once again, we're going to save the end of the show for what I believe is the polarizing topic of the day. And I was thinking about it last week, and I went back and forth, and I made, I made sure that I saw the Nike commercial. Because, you know, you got people that are just, they're so stuck to the right, it's ridiculous. And, you know, you could throw, you know, say the same thing about people that are stuck all the way to the left. There's people from a political standpoint that are just so obsessed with their politics and are rooting for their favorite political party like it's their favorite sports team. And they're never going to acknowledge that their team is bad, even when their team is bad. For those of you that are boycotting Nike for showing Colin Kaepernick's face on that commercial, I really think you should take the time to watch that commercial. Because if you watch it, you realize that, I mean, I mean you talk to, they talk about handicapped kids, they talk about, you know, refugees from certain countries that have a chance to play for their national team. You're talking about people with all types of deficiencies and handicaps and their opportunity to succeed and have just as much of a chance to do things well as anybody else. And that Nike commercial, I thought overall, was pretty damn good. Now, everybody's going to focus on Colin Kaepernick's face and the fact that he was part of that commercial. And I'm not going to go as far and say that Colin Kaepernick risked his livelihood 
and his opportunity to play in the National Football League like Kurt Flood did in Major League Baseball. I think there's some similarities, but I also think there's some extreme differences. You know, Colin Kaepernick was a social cause. Kurt Flood was a cause of not wanting to play to a team, play for a team that he believed had racial motivations and was not necessarily inclusive when it came to African-American players. Now, Kirk Flood ends up being a precursor for free agency in Major League Baseball. He does, you know, gain the right to not have to report to Philadelphia. Ends up going to the Washington Senators, plays there for a couple months, ends up voluntarily retiring. You know, the similarities between that and Colin Kaepernick both players were willing to walk away. Now, Colin Kaepernick still wanted to play. Kirk Flood straight up said, hey, I'm not playing. I'm not playing for the Philadelphia Phillies. I believe that's a racist organization. They were the last National League team to integrate. You know, Ben Chapman of 1947 yelling out racial slurs to Jackie Robinson. I'm not playing in Philadelphia. Colin Kaepernick says, I'm not going to stand for the national anthem. Instead, I'm going to kneel. Obviously, a a very wide range of different emotions and reactions from the general public, the media, and other people associated with the National Football League. Now, the, the issue that you have is Colin Kaepernick wants to play and wanted to play for a certain time frame, may have finally come to grips with the fact that he is not going to play in the National Football League again, but he was willing to play, but wasn't willing to adhere to what was written. Let's be serious. It actually was a written agreement that the players would stand for the National Anthem, and this was years upon years ago. Now, if a team wanted to employ him, that would be fine. Remember a couple months back, I talked about the comparison between him and Tim Tebow. Now, obviously, you're talking about two different people who are remembered for two different things. But Tim Tebow signing a minor league deal with the New York Mets is going to join a, is going to draw a ridiculous amount of media attention. Colin Kaepernick signing a contract with any team in the National Football League. If it's going to be a clipboard holder, if it's going to be a backup quarterback, it's going to be a starting quarterback, if it's going to be the last player, the 53rd man on a bench who is not going to ever get in a game, it's going to draw a ridiculous amount of media attention. Now, teams similar to Tim Tebow, do they want the extra media attention? Would they rather the media attention be focused on their football team or would they rather it be on Colin Kaepernick? And that's what 32 teams in the National Football League at some point have had to address. Do they think that Colin Kaepernick's skills on the field are better than that, what we have in our backup quarterback or our third string quarterback? Maybe. But is the distraction and the media attention of Colin Kaepernick having to answer reports every single day and wondering whether he's going to kneel, whether he's not going to kneel, what he's going to do as part of his protest, is a distraction from the operation of a National Football League team. So while I'd applaud a team that would sign him, I understand why a lot of teams would not want that type of distraction. So if you're 
pretty much recapping how I feel. I am pretty much right down the middle when it comes to Kaepernick. I respect his right to protest. I don't necessarily believe that he has backed his cause as much as he could have. I don't see much being discussed about police brutality. I think all fans of the National Football League, the league in general, have made this issue to be more about the national anthem than it is about police brutality, which bothers me. Because Colin Kaepernick knelt for the national, you know, during the national anthem, not as a protest to the military or a protest to the United States. It was as a protest to police brutality, oppression, which, by the way, has existed in society for many, many years. So it's ridiculous. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you're crazy if you decide that you, you want to talk about that. In the year of 2018, we figured we would have moved a little bit from being in this type of spot, but we haven't. And, you know, black men and women are still being profiled just for the color of their skin. And they're being, being treated differently. So not everywhere, but in certain places, places, it's more prolific than other places. So a man that wants to, you know, kneel in protest of police brutality, which we got to admit you can be as much of a pro-police officer person as you can be. You can be a police officer, but you got to acknowledge that in certain spots, there is police brutality. And if it happens one time, if one person is abused when they shouldn't be abused, if one person loses their life being attacked by a police officer that shouldn't, that's one too many times. So the cause should be more of the issue then it should be about Colin Kaepernick. And to make my final point about this, a commercial that shows his face on Nike should in no way be a reason for people to boycott Nike. It's just showing bad taste in the people's mouths that end up doing that. And by the way, how many of those people have actually seen the commercial? Because I thought it was a very good commercial. Kaepernick doesn't come on until the end. It's a two minute and 21 second commercial. He comes on with about, I don't know, about 30 seconds to go. And up to that point, it's still a hell of a commercial. And all he basically says, hey, you know, he's doing what he believes and is risking his future livelihood as his job, which is a fact. It's a truth. It's what he did. Recap of the show today, obviously a wild week one in the National Football League. You got the seven plus hour game in Miami. A uh, little, a couple points about, hey, football is supposed to be the manliest of all sports, right? So, you know, we used to play in conditions regardless. Now we're having delays all over the place. Five hours of delays in a game between the Titans and the Dolphins. A 10-minute delay because of a ball of lightning in a Thursday game between the Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, you got the opening week tie. Le'Veon Bell not playing. I think that had a big role. And the Steelers not winning in week one. You got the 88-point game with the Bucks and the Saints and the Bucks coming out on top. The Bears with a 20-point lead. Aaron Rodgers leads them back. And then, of course, Le'Veon Bell. And I think he is in a spot where he does look very selfish. I understand why his teammates make him out to be a very selfish person for holding out and deciding not to sign his franchise tender. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a flaw in the system of the National Football League. The franchise tag is almost holding a player hostage 
to having to you know having an opportunity to sign a longer term deal and a guy like Le'Veon Bell who plays such a, a painstaking position and with such a short shelf life. Earl Campbell played seven years. Jim Brown played seven years. You talk about some of the greats that ever played a position. We're not able to play it for a very long time. So Le'Veon Bell's got to be conscious of this. And if he's not going to get paid now, his career could end this year. So I agree with him up to a certain point holding out. I hope he doesn't decide to hold out for the rest of the season because if he does, I think that's going to impact his ability to get the contract that he's looking for when he's a free agent after this year. Finally, you know, if you didn't see the Nike commercial with Colin Kaepernick and decided you just don't want to see it because you heard Kaepernick was in it, I suggest you at least entertain yourself to watch it. Watch it. Let me know if you feel the same way or... If you feel the same way, let me know if you feel the same way about the commercial through the first minute 30 or minute 45 seconds. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. We'll be back with you maybe tonight. We'll see how it goes. If not, we'll be back with you definitely tomorrow. Uh, we're going to work on getting some guests into the show. The phone line is going to be hooked up soon. We are on iTunes, so if you have a, a uh, Apple device, you could download the Passball Show on iTunes. Just go to your iTunes store. If you have a Samsung or a, an Android device, we're going to be getting on that uh, form as well. So hopefully before the end of the week, you could be downloading the Passball Show on your Android device as well. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you on the other side.